Good morning, and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday of the month, so this is the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you from the studio here at St. Gabriel with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, and it's great to be here. Chuck and Joanne, it's good to have you in the studio in person for this show. Uh, Now, today we have a very special edition uh, for this first Friday Sacred Heart Hour, as today is the Good Friday Mm. uh, of our Lord's Passion. We are in the season of the Sacred Triduum. So yesterday we celebrated as the Church throughout the world Holy Thursday. Today we have this great privileged opportunity to consider the power of our Lord's Sacred Heart on this, the Good Friday, the day of His Passion, the day of His suffering, His death on the cross. Tomorrow, of course, we will have Holy Saturday and then Easter Sunday. What a powerful day to celebrate the first Friday and to recall the power, the merits, and the mercy of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. As we begin this hour, we invite all of our listeners to join us by commending ourselves to the mercy of God through the prayer called the Morning Offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, Lent Uh, went by fast. Yes, it did. (laughs) Here we are on Good Friday. Uh, You know, before we delve into the, uh, the meat of today's Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, um, Chuck and Joanne, what is it, um, just thinking, considering, kind of like the gravity of today, Good Friday, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Good Friday, the passion, um, you know, and what we live as Catholic Christians on today? Well, I've been reading Bishop Sheen's Life of Christ during Lent. That's good. And so I, you know, up to the passion Mm -hmm. and really did that on purpose and kind of timed it, you know. Yeah. But I think it is helpful to have some kind of a meditation book, something that you can Mm -hmm. really course the scriptures to kind of really connect heart to heart Mm -hmm. with the passion. Absolutely. It's difficult when yeah. you're in your daily duties then That's to true. all you know already think oh it's today's the day yeah. and I want to you know really yeah. focus on that but I think we need those helps at least I need those helps So true So you true know, I I think for me we've been in the passion yeah. It's like we're living the passion yeah. now we have the passion mm-hmm. and the question is how do we handle this passion hmm. that we're currently living in I think First Friday really reminds us that look at the Lord. Yeah. Look at what he went through. Yeah. And we're sort of whining about, you know, what we're going through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a nice time. You know, that word Father, uh, the new generation uses this. It's a good time to reset. Yeah. It's a good time to come to Good Friday and say, okay, Lord, you know, I've been selfish. I've been hitting myself, now it's time that I connect in reparation of you and everything that you have done. You know, it's early in the morning, um, so we've got the whole day ahead of us, uh, Mm -hmm. 
and I would I would just invite and maybe for some challenge. Um, I you know I promise you this: Easter Sunday will never mean as much as it will if you live Good Friday. Absolutely. I mean, like Easter Sunday, like you, you want to mm-hmm. sing everything, you want to scream everything, you want to smell every flower, you want you yeah. want everything to be as beautiful and as powerful as can be if you've lived Good Friday. So if your schedule allows for you today to visit the church uh, and maybe even participate in your parish's veneration of the cross or liturgy of the word, please consider doing so. I mean, if your schedule can't because of the timing and whatnot, um, later on this morning, Actually, we have the seven last words of our Lord Jesus Christ being uh, preached by Bishop Barron. That begins right at the end of this show, 9 a.m., and goes till noon. And then at noon, we have our Holy Father, Pope Francis, live from Rome with the veneration of the cross there. At least tune in and listen. I mean, the words of the Passion narrative today are never um, as fully alive as they are on Good Friday. I mean, there's just something, there's something very powerful, very, very powerful. You know, and I, I think back to my parents and how I was raised, mm-hmm. and we were in church for three hours. It's, yeah, exactly. And that was just something you knew yeah. was going to happen, something you prepared for by yeah. bringing your little books and following along, depending on your age. Yeah. But I encourage uh, mothers, and hopefully fathers are mm-hmm. off work for those three yeah. hours, to really make an example, make a memory. And if you did not grow up that way, well, now's the time to yeah. begin. Or if you haven't done it in the past, keep light a candle yep. for those three hours. So, you know, people passing by in your own home, get the crucifix out in another visible place. And, of course, go to church if at mm-hmm. all possible. But turn off the television, secular. Totally. And except for Catholic yeah. radio, of course. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> but, the beautiful thing. We have so many opportunities today to, to kind of bring us back to what's important, yeah. like Chuck said, and put things in perspective, you know? Now, Joanne, you and I are cradle Catholics. Yes, we are. So, you know, we grew up with a binky in one hand and a rosary in the other. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but, Chuck, uh-huh. you have the uh, privileged insight, you know. You converted as an adult into the Catholic faith. I mean, what? How is Holy Week different? You know, for as oh, a convert, it's and, a huge difference. Yeah. We never really went into Good Friday. It was more about wow. Easter. Yeah, sure. But but I was in the congregational faith up in New England. Yeah, and that's where it was. Yeah, you, you didn't worry about Good Friday. Wow. You know, because we got to get to Easter, and that's sure. what it was. And uh, it they was would, all they about would, the resurrection, huh? Yeah, they they would have. I would go to six o'clock in the morning, a morning service outside oh, wow. with the sun mm-hmm. rising. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it was uh-huh. just beautiful. But you know, I think personally now Good Friday yeah. really means a lot to me, totally. and I know we need to be there. And Father, you know, what if people can't get there? They can still stream yeah. live, absolutely, or, or they can go on to EWTN. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, that's, I mean, as painful as it is to have survived what we've gone through the past year plus now, I think that's one of the the, the blessings is that Mm -hmm. the church learned how to make full use of media, either through the radio or now like a live streaming thing. Mm -hmm. So you can tune in and watch different events coming from different churches. And even like we said, you know, at noon today on St. Gabriel Radio, we'll be broadcasting what's taking place in Rome with the Holy Father. So we have so many opportunities to tune in as we can, when we can, um, or maybe even challenge ourselves to tune in. But to 
to to live it. I mean, and to remember that yesterday, uh, Holy Thursday, I mean, the church throughout the whole world prayed the Mass of the Lord's Supper in the evening, and to remember that the Last Supper is the first Mass. Mm. You know, the Last Supper is the first Mass, and at the Last Supper, the first Mass, two things are instituted, the priesthood of Jesus Christ and then the Holy Eucharist. And as the Last Supper, the first Mass comes to a close, you know, many churches would have um, opportunities for private prayer and adoration with the Lord reserved. You know, they might uh, make a very beautiful space in the parish campus, kind of recalling uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, you know. And then at midnight, we would all experience the absence of presence. You might visit the church, but the Lord is not there. And there's a big difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, the absence of it, hmm. it, it really kind of forces you to realize how many times have I gone to church to pray and I didn't acknowledge how powerful his presence was. And then I go yeah. on Good Friday and I walk in, and how many of us genuflect only to realize, oh, <laughs> no genuflect, I bow to the altar, you know? But it's that absence of presence. And I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing for us to consider here because when the heart of Christ is in your home, the sacred heart of Jesus in your home, you never have the absence of presence. Why that? His well presence said. is always there. But once mm-hmm. a year in the church, like the priests have to take the blessed sacrament out so that we are, as a lot, as a humanity, we have to face the harsh reality that the Lord has been imprisoned and he is not visible. He is not uh, touchable. You know, he's been taken away. Mm-hmm. And all that much more triumphant during the the uh, somber reality of the veneration of the cross, you know, the priest will bring our Lord in for Holy Communion, but then the Lord is taken away afterwards. And I mean, just like the ups and downs of Holy Week, spiritually speaking and emotionally speaking, they're very powerful. And like when you arrive at Mass on Easter Sunday, I mean, it's just, there's nothing. It's uh, not about candy. No, it's just, there's no (laughs) other way to describe it than glorious. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely out of this world beautiful when you've lived Holy Week. And so, you know, to our listeners today, um, Wherever you might be listening to the Sacred Heart Hour, you know, remember, when you have the heart of Christ with you in your life and in your home, you never have that absence of presence. But the other thing is, you know, living with his heart today, it prepares you to celebrate the the depth of joy on Easter Sunday, which is just around the corner. But when you're living Good Friday, it's like, will this, will Easter Sunday ever come? You know, <laughs> you know, will it ever well, come? Well, it's a great opportunity to renew. Absolutely. Renew your enthronement. And if yeah. you have, you know, kind of landmark times that coincide with our liturgy, yeah. that it's like, okay, this is what I do, yeah. you know, on Good Friday or Easter yeah. Sunday, renew our enthronement, and then, then it happens. Yep. And also challenge those that have been blessed with the enthronement, Father. Yeah. As you mentioned, they, they have Jesus, but maybe their neighbor doesn't. Yes, it's true. Maybe it's the time, this holy week, that you just, everyone who's been enthroned, not only renew your enthronement, but also invite someone else. That's important, Jack. That's very true. Yeah, to to do this, because I think the Sacred Heart is is the heart that Mm -hmm. He wants to be in every home and to bring the promises. And I know, Joanne, this month in the um, monthly email, newsletter on keeping the flame going we're working on uh, the fourth promise and what mm. is that we are we're working on the fourth promise which is they shall find in my heart 
an assured refuge during life and especially at the hour of death. And I really recommend everyone who's receiving the newsletter to make sure you read the newsletter. And if you click on read more, then you get, you know, uh, a greater explanation, a little more in depth. But it's so beautifully done. And sometimes we can get so many emails that it's, oh, delete. Oh, no, I know that. Okay. But no, this make this one a priority. And, you know, as we continue to share, put other people on the newsletter. You know, Father, that's pretty powerful. I mean, they shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life. Yeah. And especially at the hour of death. Right. Why wouldn't you want to enthrone your home? It's true. And especially today, considering that, you know, we begin um, this month with the first Friday following on Good Friday of all days. I mean, to think today is the day when the whole, all of humanity remembers the day that Jesus, who is the Christ, died. And yet, in his fourth promise to humanity, uh, giving us his sacred heart for those who who bring his sacred heart into their lives into their homes, you know he makes this promise. It's like, you know, you you recall when I died, but I will be with you hmm. when you die. Hmm. You know, I will not merely remember you. I will be with you. Hmm. I will be at your side. I will be at your bed. You know, and that that promise um, of availability hmm. to us. I mean, right there, as if that, as if we don't have enough reasons. To want to be one with the yeah. Lord's sacred heart, to hear the words of Jesus say, you know, if you bring my heart into your life, um, you know, you will find in my heart an assured refuge during life. And that's huge, like refuge during life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know it's sometimes said uh, that we Catholics know how to die. But we also know how to live. You exactly. know? We know how to live. We Enjoy. Know, you know, we know how to live with the Lord as the refuge during life with incredible mm-hmm. moments of joy and um, an opportunity to rejoice. Mm-hmm. But the Lord lets us know that if we live with him now, then he will be with us in that moment when we leave this life and we die. And, you know, when we have put an image of our Lord in a place of honor, when we get that, I was thinking of a difficult phone call we received of a person, you know, very sick. Mm. We know where to go. Yes. Yeah, it's true. So we go in yeah. front of that image yep. and we pray and we, you know, put that person in the heart of our Lord. Right. But it's, um, and also the more familiar we are with the promises yeah. at our death. We know that he has promised. It's so comforting. It's so, I think of my father who right. couldn't wait to see Jesus because he knew those promises Yeah, and he was counting on them and we can count on them. Oh, you know, true. Father, I think as a convert, again, coming over to this side, sure. you know, <laughs> yeah. the better yeah. side and, uh, <laughs> and the fulfillment of it, I, I also uh. think that and I, I know my engineering uh, self thinks about it like this. It's his heart that got pierced. Yeah. I mean, you got the blood and the yeah. water that comes out of it. Now he wants to give his heart in every home. Exactly. Doesn't it make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it, it, you know, we've gone through John's gospel over the past few um, Sundays 
Like the, basically, the last half of Lent, mm-hmm. we we turn, we make a turn and we go into John's Gospel at Sunday Mass and during the daily masses too. And you know, the thing is, in John's Gospel, it's really powerful. It's it's powerful and it's beautiful. At the very beginning of the Gospel, how does it begin? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, the Word, of course, is Jesus, and the reference to God there at the John one one is the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And St. John uses this term, uh, with, in Greek, but he says, you know, it's, just, it's not like they're just standing next to each other, looking mm-hmm. out at creation. No, they're standing with one another, looking at one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a love there. Now, if you jump ahead from John 1, 1, and you go to John 3.16, now all, we all know John 3.16 because of large sporting events. I there's always say, that's the sign they hold <laughs> exactly. on the do they, do they do that at the crew? Only if they misbehave, you know? (laughs) Usually it's the guy that sits in front of me blocking my view. But you always see JN316. Well, what does that mean? Well, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And a lot of people just stop there, but that's not really Mm -hmm. fair. For Mm -hmm. God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that the world may have life within it. That's the important thing. Mm. Jesus has been given to the world so that we may have divine life, so that we may have divine love within us. Now, if you go ahead to John chapter 6, what does Jesus say in the Bread of Life discourse? If you want to have life, if you want to have my life, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm. So we have, uh, at the beginning of John's gospel, we have kind of like, an insight into God's love, the Father and the Son, God and the Word. And then in John chapter 3, God is not content letting the world fall apart. So he gives his Son to the world so that the world may have life within it. Um, and here's the thing that's interesting. Notice how John says God gave the Son. He did not offer him. Hmm. So for those people who are like, well, I don't believe in Jesus. It's like, well, that doesn't mean he's not here. He's Mm. been given. He's Mm. here. Mm. You know, he wasn't offered to us to turn him down. He's been given. So Mm -hmm. Jesus is a truth that all of humanity has to reconcile itself with. He is here. He's been given to the world. But Chuck, like you alluded to, Jesus is not content just hanging out in creation, waiting Mm -hmm. to be acknowledged. He wants to actually enter into us, Mm -hmm. enter into our soul, enter into our hearts. And then what happens, you know, throughout the understanding of John's gospel, you know, we kind of move from like, you might say, uh, like way high bird's eye view and we come down and we, then we come down to the world and now we come down to the person and then we come down to the human heart. And that's what the sacred heart of Jesus is all about. You know, the Lord is not content allowing there to be distance between him and you. But we have freedom. We have freedom. But what does freedom mean, Joanne? (laughs) Freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do. It is. So that's why, you know, John Paul II. Exactly. John Paul II's favorite quote from Scripture was in John's Gospel, and it was, The truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. You know, so if you feel like you're a slave to sin, you need to accept Jesus. If you feel that you're a slave to sin in your home or there's like a, a, a dark cloud hanging over your house, you need Jesus' heart in your home. And we have Chuck, the engineer, who <laughs> loves to tell us the mechanics of how do we enthrone our home. You know, for you first-time listeners or people <laughs> that have come on just recently on the St. Gabriel Radio and listening to the Sacred Heart Hour program, You know, again, Father and Joanne and I, it's all about the mission of promoting the Sacred Heart. That's what this is. And equipping you and assisting you to be able to live that devotion 
and enthronement in your home. And first of all, we we offer up three ways to enthrone your home. You have to order maybe a self-enthronement kit on our website, which is welcomeisheart.com. Easy to do. Easy to do. Or come to St. Gabriel Radio and pick up a kit. Or thirdly, call 614-468-3959, and a missionary will be able to help you either visit with you or do it over the phone. And I think what we find out is there's three parts to it. And these are the best parts, the preparation phase, Mm -hmm. the enthronement phase, and the honoring phase. And maybe, Father, Mm -hmm. help our listeners understand why each phase is important. And that's what the Lord wanted. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, with anything important in life, there's going to be a period of lead-up time. It's Mm -hmm. where you prepare. It's where you practice. It's where you get things turned around, cleaned up, in shape, and so on and so forth. So when we prepare for bringing the heart of Jesus into our home and acknowledging Jesus as the king, brother, and friend, the Savior, the Lord of that household, there's a necessary step of preparation. It's like acknowledging who Jesus is, not just hanging up a picture, but it's actually acknowledging Jesus is Lord. And it never ceases to amaze me or the three of us. We've spoken of this often how few Catholics get the truth. They go, th- they go to Mass. You know, they are very strong. They're, they're very faithful. They're very dedicated. They're convicted. But then when you ask them, have you ever brought the heart of Jesus into your home? They're like, well, what is that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So he's God. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> and he's given his heart to us. His heart was pierced on the cross. And you know, coming back to Good Friday, it's like, do I prepare? I need to prepare for the coming of the Lord But the Lord doesn't want us to be surprised at death. He wants us to know who he is now. So if we could view the preparation phase for the enthronement kind of like using our whole life as a preparation for eternity. Hmm. You know, so if we are given this great gift to live our life, to prepare for eternity, know the Lord now, love the Lord now, serve the Lord now, if he's giving us his heart to bring his heart into our home, he likewise, in his mercy and in his charity, he's going to give us a chance to prepare whether that's finding the right place where his image will be hung, whether that's learning the basic prayers so that we have something to converse with him about, you know, the Our Father, the prayer that Jesus gives to us himself, learning about the promises, becoming familiar with his love for us, making a good confession, maybe uh, picking up an examination of conscience from your parish church and going over that examine in your home, asking the Lord to send his spirit to guide you, to prepare your home, but more importantly, to prepare your heart, to prepare your mind for the Lord. And then in that preparation period, to kind of just open yourself up to the Lord. Open yourself up. And we have, you know, we that's what the enthronement packet also exactly. has yeah. a A lot of steps for it, yeah. And, you know, step by step, the yeah. words are all there. Not that you can't add to. Sure. Of yeah. course you can. But this is... You know, this is kind of a jump start. This it's is true. sort of a yeah. way to like the diving board. A diving <laughs> board. Yes, it is. And then it's really about, and you'll see when you get your packet, as Joanne said, get a manual, you'll get the image framed, get prayer cards. There's four booklets in there for the family. If you need more, you can request more when you order them. But the key is now, Father, now we have to honor. You've talked about the prep and you've yeah. talked about enthroning now the honoring yeah it's like the uh preparation is the appetizer 
Huh. You know, and then the actual enthronement is just like eating all the sides hmm. and then honoring is like going for the steak. Oh, that's well. I'm not sure why father. I said that on Good Friday because we can't eat meat. <laughs> so there's some salt in the wound. <laughs> hey, yeah, there we are. Good Friday. Here we are. No meat. Just talk about it. <laughs> but then the honoring of the Lord, honoring of his sacred heart. Are we allowed to laugh on Good Friday? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we did anyway. So, <laughs> so, but the honoring is like the real, the honoring of the heart of Jesus. That's the real meat of the matter there. That's what takes the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And you'll find that it ebbs and flows. I mean, we've discussed, you know, you bring the Lord's heart into your home. How do you honor it? Consider going to weekly adoration. Consider making a period of uh, nighttime adoration in your home. Thursday night, you know, Father Mateo, the great apostle of the Sacred Heart Devotion, he was very huge on that. Spend some time Thursday night going into Friday every week, just preparing yourself for that time of uh, acknowledging the Lord's love for you in the Passion. I mean, going to regular Mass, First Friday Mass, making use of the Twelfth Promise, um, you know, just kind of cultivating within yourself an attentiveness to the Lord's presence at every moment of every day, not and, just at Mass. And we are so fortunate to have the secrets of the Sacred Heart. Yes. That the reason Emily yeah. Jaminet wrote the book was for our day yeah. and for a deeper understanding of the Twelve Promises. And I know for myself, it's been a great help yeah. to go deeper. Well, I think also, Father, as we talk about, you know, last night, but, you know, I was thinking of when he was out there, you know, and he was by himself, our yeah. Lord. Yeah. And our disciples, the good disciples, fell asleep. Yep. The agony in the garden. Yeah, yeah, the agony in the garden. Thank you, Joanne. And uh, the agony. And, and how we fall asleep on our Lord. Yeah. You know, we're just like, it hasn't changed. No, yeah. And these were disciples <laughs> that lived all these miracles. Yeah. I mean, they knew him firsthand. They knew his eyes. They knew his smile. They knew his voice. And even, I mean, even there, I mean, I mean, I always tell people food coma is a real thing. You hear the <laughs> Lord is in the agony in the garden, and Peter, James, and John are like, boy, that was a big last supper. You know, it's like, you know, next time lay off the lamb. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just, it was a lot. But in their, in their expression of humanity, each one of us finds an opportunity to realize right. they're more like us yes. than they're not. And yet at the same time, I find it a powerful source of meditation to realize there's a reason why in God's providence, uh, those who are closest to him could not stay awake and it's so that we can. No matter mm. where we are in our lives, we can make that effort to stay awake with the Lord. If it's in our home at night on Thursday before the Sacred Heart image, or maybe going to an adoration chapel, just to make that effort to stay awake. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be at night. We all know how tired we are from life. Mm-hmm. And we all know what it's like to go to church, make a visit, and then you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, where am I? <laughs> I'm in church. How, why did I fall asleep? I, I came early for Mass to prepare. It just shows how weary we can be. Mm-hmm. And it just shows, it's like when you finally enter into silence and solitude, the body goes into rest mode. I would agree with that. You know, it just goes into rest mode. And then you kind of come to, and you might be startled a little bit. It's like, and then that's when you pray. You're like, okay, now I have to make this effort to keep vigil with the Lord, stay awake with the Lord. And I mean, the evangelists, they include the details of what happened that night on Holy Thursday, early in the morning on Good Friday, so that 
we realize we are a part of the drama. We are a part of it. We're not far from it, but we are a part of it. And uh, we can all identify with the weariness, the exhaustion of Peter, James, and John. And we can also also um, identify with the wrath that Peter has when the Lord is attacked. And they, you know, they try to arrest him, you know. Uh, there's just so much. Those words are truly the words of everlasting life. They are the words that define life, you know. Very, very powerful. It's really consoling. Absolutely, yeah. It's really consoling to make that yeah. connection with the humanness of the yeah. apostles, knowing that they were the chosen ones, knowing that yep. they are great saints, yeah. knowing that the Lord had the victory at the end. Yeah. That, you know, it helps us to say, keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something we learned, if you go into the the narrative of the Agni in the Garden, and just consider this, you know, think about all of the details we learn about Simon Peter from the Gospels. We learn that he was a widower. Remember, Jesus is visiting his home and his mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And Jesus went over, touched her, helped her stand. And then it says she waited on them. Well, we know her daughter was not around because it would violate the customs and the law for the mother-in-law to welcome guests into the home. So her, her daughter had died. So oh, Simon really? Peter was, Simon was a widower. He had survived his wife. Really? We know that he was a fisherman. We know that he um, would fish at night, you know, which was a tiring work. He wasn't using a fishing pole. He was using heavy, heavy nets. Hmm. We also know from the agony in the garden that he was a master swordsman. Well, why? Remember, when the guards go to lay hands on Jesus, he severs the ear. Now, we're thinking, Mm. well, what's that mean? Well, that takes incredible talent Mm. not to do more damage. He only wanted that one infliction. But Simon Peter shows that he is a man's man, and he was the one that was chosen by the Lord to build the church. So. In I our never humanity, knew he was. A, I wondered how he could leave his wife. Well, yeah, he, no. she had passed away. Yeah, well, exactly. I know this session one. We're running overtime. <laughs> the Does program that... director has given us the okay. Don't you like every time it starts to get good, yeah. we get shoved off air. Yeah. <laughs> but don't don't turn off your radio. We're coming back We're coming for session back. two, and it'll be more powerful. So we'll conclude this uh, first session with a prayer. We invite you to join us as we turn to the heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you. I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 There's a certain kind of prayer people are often afraid to say, those really honest prayers. The prayer of St. Augustine when he prayed, Lord, help me be pure, but not yet. The prayer of Job when he was complaining, God, why did this happen to me? The prayer of Mary when Lazarus died. If you had been here, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. Where were you? The prayers I find myself saying sometimes in difficult moments in life, when I'm at the end of my rope, Lord, I can't do this. you got to kick in here. I think people refrain from those prayers because we think they're unholy, or maybe God can't take it. 
Or maybe we think we're faking him out by pretending we have it all together and everything's great and we're as pious as can be. Listen, be honest with God. You can't hide yourself from him. He wants honest prayers because he doesn't just want your words. He wants your heart. And when you pray with all your heart, the answer you might get might not be a change in your circumstances, but I guarantee you, it'll change you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the Sacred Heart Hour here, coming from the studios of St. Gabriel Radio Station. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. And, you know, today's uh, First Friday celebration is really lived in total union with our experience of Good Friday today. Gives us a beautiful opportunity to consider the reality of the heart of Jesus that is pierced on the cross during the crucifixion. As we enter into this second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite our listeners to join us in our prayer of the daily covenant renewal to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you, and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during this night that is to come, and help us live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Chuck, Holy Week is a special time. You know it is, Father, and I think as we go back to yesterday, which we just closed with on Holy Thursday, and today, the Good Friday, and I think people, <clears throat> I know for myself being a convert, are somewhat confused over what is a Good Friday service. Sure. And sure. why? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> yeah, it's a very good question. Well, the mass, so what's interesting is we have the season of Lent. And then when we enter into Holy Thursday, we enter what's called the Sacred Triduum. The Sacred Triduum, technically speaking, you know, it's easy to put that there's only one liturgy offered during Sacred Triduum. And it begins in the evening of. Holy Thursday with the Mass of the Lord's Supper. And you'll notice that if you prayed the Mass last night, there was no final blessing at the end of the Mass. 
So there was no dismissal. There was no final blessing. So the liturgy that began last night is still ongoing right now. And when you go to church today for the veneration of the cross and the liturgy of the word, there won't be a sign of the cross and a greeting at the beginning because it basically picks up where we left off last night. And then at the end of the service today, the liturgy of the word and the veneration of the cross and Holy Communion, there won't be a blessing or a dismissal. We end and we depart in silence. And you'll also notice that tomorrow at the vigil, the mother of all vigils, the Easter vigil, we begin with the blessing of the fire without an opening of the sign of the cross or a greeting. So the liturgy lasts three days, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And it's one liturgy. And so when we go to church on Good Friday, what we're doing is we're experiencing one segment of that three-day-long experience. And it involves a reading of the Passion, the prayers of the faithful, uh, the veneration of the cross, and then, of course, Holy Communion. So, you know, a lot of people will ask, like, well, I do the nine First Fridays, you know, out of my love for the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but there's no Mass on Good Friday. So how am I supposed to abide by that? It's like, well, remember, the Lord says for those who receive Holy Communion on nine First Fridays— he doesn't say go to Mass. He says for those who receive Holy Communion. So if we can make an effort to go to receive our Lord in Holy Communion on this day, Good Friday, this first Friday, um, even though we're kind of uh, participating in the second segment of a much larger liturgy, we're receiving our Lord and we offer those graces up in reparation for the sins against the heart of Jesus, which is not that hard to do today because everything about today points us towards the cross and towards the great price that he had to pay and the incredible in the incredible prayer that he prayed that we would all be one you know um so it's like it's kind of it's not a mass there is no mass offered on good friday uh in the sense that it begins and ends but we do participate in the liturgy of good friday which began last night on holy thursday and will conclude tomorrow uh on holy saturday you know this is just the beauty of saint gabriel catholic radio mm-hmm. And all the other helps we have today to understand our faith. Yeah, it's true. Because, uh, Father, I've never really had that explained like that. But the more we understand, the more we appreciate, and the deeper our faith becomes. And so, you know, it's really up to us to tune in. Yeah. It's up to us to let it come to our heart. And that's what really the enthronement of the Sacred Heart is all about. It's Mm. about a conscious decision to invite Jesus into our home as the King, brother, friend, and Savior. Absolutely. And to grow with Him. You know, I think, um, again, every First Friday we're blessed to be able to host this, particularly on Good Friday. Absolutely. We've never done this on Good Friday. no. And uh, for everybody out there, you know, I think, Father, you have the noon to three, and then after three, you have what what would it be called, the Good Friday service? Or Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like um, a lot of churches will make available the Good Friday service at noon. Okay. Others will make it available at three. Okay, so it sure. could be both ways. Absolutely. And then some, some parishes, just because they're so large— We'll have two. They'll have one in the day and then one in the evening. You know, like, I mean, at my parish, at Holy Family, uh, the church is open all day for quiet prayer. And then at 3 p.m., we begin the the service for Good Friday. Uh, 
which lasts about an hour, maybe an hour and a mm-hmm. half. And then um, tonight at 7 p.m., we have the Stations of the Cross written by St. John Paul II uh, from the Jubilee year 2000. Um, so you'll find a variety of opportunities across the diocese, mm-hmm. across central Ohio, for uh, a place to pray, an opportunity to pray, and um, to kind of reflect upon the reality. Uh, you're invited to reflect upon the reality of how the Lord gives us his love. You know, we can say that on Holy Thursday, the Lord gave his heart to humanity in the Holy Eucharist. And then today, on Good Friday, we say that today is the day he allows his heart to be pierced. And it's important for us to acknowledge that the Lord allowed himself to be pierced. You know, I mean, the Lord in his love allowed this to take place. He could have very easily had stopped at all, but he knew there was a price that had to be paid. And then tomorrow we have an opportunity to understand that this is when the heart comes back to life in the resurrection with the vigil. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the, the Holy Saturday vigil, um, the Easter vigil, it has to begin at sundown. You know, the blessing of the fire and the darkness starts to overwhelm the, uh, the world, the darkness of night, and the light of Christ is illuminated through the blessing of the candles. Um, but, you know, it's just these days are uh, packed full of significance. And it's, it's very much like the Sacred Heart devotion. I mean, while these days will be over in a couple of days, um, we enter into next week, the, the Easter octave. Every day, Monday through Saturday, is Easter Sunday. So, I mean, it's the Easter octave goes, and it carries the joy of the resurrection all day, you know, every day up until the next Sunday, which is Divine Mercy Sunday. So, I mean, we have this incredible opportunity. You know, people say, well, you know, uh, Friday's a day of penance. And it's like, that is true. But the Friday after Easter is not a day of penance. That's mm-hmm. Easter Friday. Hmm. Um, so it's an opportunity to, once again, every day bask in the glory of the risen Savior. And, um, you know, it's one of the great gifts of our own time is the message of the heart of Jesus, the power of the heart of Jesus, but then also the message of his divine mercy. And starting today on Good Friday, we enter into the, the great novena of divine mercy, which leads us from the cross to the empty tomb, and then from the empty tomb to the mercy of God, uh, desiring us to be forgiven of our sins so that we can reign with him in heaven so forever. Powerful. Yeah. You know, I was thinking that, again, for those that haven't enthroned or for those that have, it's, it's okay, we, we need to make this a priority. We need yes. to make your faith and a priority. And share it. Yeah. And share it. And I think all we're asking is, if you haven't done it, is one hour yeah. for either three days or eight days yeah. in preparation, and then the enthronement is another hour. But think about all the time that we're going to go through the uh, Holy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and mm. to Easter. I mean, this is nothing it's for true. a family. right? And we, but we make it so big. Yeah. Because we haven't made faith a priority. That's true. And we can see the effect of the downgrading of faith. We can see that. I mean, people are breaking. People are cracking. You know, personal health is failing. Um, You know, and you can see anxiety spreading. But, you know, the Lord Mm -hmm. stands, you know, he stands with us. And he's, he's given us everything we need. All we have to do is open mm-hmm. our heart to him, open our home to him. And you know? so go to welcomehisheart.com and get the information, get more information. And get the enthronement kit. Get the enthronement mm-hmm. kit. Which has everything in it. 
and then you can check off if you want a missionary to come to your house or to call you. The missionary will call and make the arrangements with you. So we, we want to walk with you on this. But the most important thing when you get your kit is set a date. Just set yeah. a date for it and so That's forth. True. And if it's the renewal, no better way to do the renewal than on Easter. And I'm going to suggest you get two kits. Get two kits and pray about who is it Mm, that you are called to share about the enthronement and and make it so easy for them that they don't go on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Woody Hayes (laughs) is, is to really, you know, be that missionary disciple. Be that person that's willing to spread the kingdom. And think of the importance of having a visual of Jesus in your Mm -hmm. home. And the thing is, the more that you want to avoid that, the more desperate is needed. You know, Father, I think of in the 70s, and, you know, we witnessed a beautiful um, marble kneeler on the church at St. Agatha being removed, just stripped out of there. Oh, wow. And in the 70s, and I think of in the 70s, we start to take religious items out of homes. Yeah. yeah. And I think what we're trying mm-hmm. to do here on Sacred Art Hour is to bring the sacred image of our Lord back into your true. home yeah. where he wants to be and where he was in the 50s and the 40s and the 30s. Yeah. And, yeah. and you ahead. know, Father has suggested, if you're thinking, oh, gee, you know, I don't know if um, my friend would be open to that or, mm. you know, or my even family member is so far away from the Lord. I know, Father, you've suggested just getting a, a holy card. We have yeah, so many, and they're true. here yeah. at St. Gabriel. Yeah. We, you can get as many as you want, yeah. and just get that image in yep, the home. It's true. And you know, we had a repair person come to our home last week and been coming for many years, and sharing with me some real trauma going on. Mm. Not a particularly a Christian, mm-hmm. but I got one of those holy cards, and I ex- had to explain about that heart on yeah. the outside. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he accepted <clears throat> it, and he, I pray this prayer, yeah, start definitely. praying this prayer, and then, you know, don't be surprised if yep. you open your heart what the Lord will do. Now, this is happening just now but even repair man the lord sure. put that on my heart yeah people who knows in the store the holy spirit will yeah. put people in front of you but we have to be willing yep yep we have to be willing to step out sometime of our comfort zone yeah that's absolutely true and also just on easter make this a wonderful time celebration of our lord's resurrection with your family and open in prayer with the family. Don't don't be shy of it. And I think today it's almost like, well, I don't want to rock the boat. I'm not sure whether Bill or Harry or Sally's going to be comfortable with this. Yeah. No, it's the faith. And I also think, Father, growing up uh, Protestant, we didn't have the crucifix, mm. the corpse on the cross. Yeah. It was just empty. Right. So they're always at the resurrection. Yeah. But we have to go through today we do. to get the Easter. There is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And Good Friday 
is a horrific day without Easter Sunday following yeah. it. So it, it is both. And, you know, and um, I mean, if someone is out there and they're thinking, you're like, well, what would I, what should I have in my home? I would say, okay, crucifix, an image of Our Lady, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and as we are in our own era, an image of the Divine Mercy, you know? Don't forget St. Michael. Oh, and then, of course, there's St. Joseph, <laughs> <Yes>. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we just filled up every wall, you know. But I mean, to have to we're, basically we're to a starter reclaim starter to kit. reclaim your home as yeah. a place of the Lord, and and trust me, it's like our effort here is not to make your house look like a museum. Our effort is not to make your house look like a church, but our house, our Maybe. effort is to make your house to look like a, a dwelling place of a Christian. Yeah, you and, know? Don't, and don't apologize. Exactly. And you don't know? don't hide them and so forth. Yep, and I know, Father, absolutely. You mentioned something a couple of years ago on Holy Saturday, three images. One who gives us life, the crucifix. Mm. One who sustains our life, the sacred heart. And one who restores our life, divine mercy. Yeah. And this is the beginning yeah. of the novena exactly. on the divine mercy. Yeah, today, Good Friday. Put the, the connection to that. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we are all des- in desperate need of God's mercy. We're all in desperate need of being forgiven and being restored and being reconciled. And um, do you remember uh, just a couple of was a couple of weeks ago in the Gospel on Sunday, it began by saying uh, there were Greeks who were in Jerusalem to pray. And their Greeks went up to Philip and they said, what? We want to see Jesus. And then Philip goes to Andrew, and then Philip mm. and Andrew then go to Jesus, and they're like, "Hey, we got these Greeks here; they want to see you." You know, and I, it's it's very powerful because if you think about it, the Greeks who are referred to there could easily be pagans; they could be people who are searching, mm-hmm. but they had heard of Jesus, and they have the audacity, they have the strength, they have the fortitude to walk up to Philip and say, "We want to see Jesus." Now, those of us who believe in him and we know him and we love him and we serve him, to whatever degree, wherever we are at in our discipleship journey, we know who he is, we love him as Lord, and we serve him as Lord. When you draw close to the crucifix, you see the price he paid. When you draw close to the heart, you see the love he has. And when you, draw, when you see the divine mercy, you understand the reconciliation he makes available. We are never far from the Lord. We are only as far from him as we want to be. And when you see the crucifix, you see his love. That's when beautiful. you see the heart, you see you know, how much he wants us for himself, mm-hmm. like to the point where he's even going to make his own heart available. He holds nothing back from us. And then when you see the image of the divine mercy, you see the rays that come forth. He will not leave us in darkness. Mm-hmm. He will never leave us in darkness. It's not that he just stays by us. He will also shine light on the next step. But he does so by forgiving us of our sins. But we have to want to uh, reflect, we have to want to recollect, and we have to be reconciled. And I think, you know, the thing is, when you see the crucifix, you reflect on what he's done for us. When you see his heart, you're drawn into recollection. When you see the image of the divine mercy, you want to be forgiven. But it's not one over the others or one without the others. It's real. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus. And the mercy comes from his heart. His heart was pierced on the cross. Three different phases of the one Lord who's trying to convince stubborn humanity, come back home. 
and let me in yours. (laughs) I want to dwell in your home with you, among you. And, um, you know, like we spoke of a reference in the last session, um, you know, Jesus, when he heard Simon's mother-in-law was ill, he didn't stay away. I mean, Hmm. we all know today what social distancing is. Uh We all know it's like she's got a fever. Well, you know, if it's okay with you, I'm just not going to go inside. You know, (laughs) I'll get my water from my own well. I heard a cough. Exactly. (laughs) But I mean, the Lord, he's like, no, I want to be in there. Get out of my way. Hmm. There's healing that is needed. There's restoration that can be given. And the Lord wants to do it. We just have to let the Lord in. And, and he, he will do it. And he wants to do it for everyone. Absolutely. And There's, Chuck, how yeah. do we do that? How do we do the enthronement is basically <laughs> go on www.welcomehisheart.com <laughs> and no, go to welcomehisheart.com and there you can uh, order the kit or you can come to St. Gabriel and pick up the kit. And the kit is really a self-enthronement and that came about because of where we are today yes, absolutely. with the pandemic that we're going yep. through. But on the other hand, the missionary is available. You can ask for a missionary to call or to visit with you. But one thing we have found, everyone is worthy of this. There's absolutely. nobody oh, yeah. that yeah. should feel unworthy no. yeah. that I cannot enthrone Jesus yeah. in my home. It's true. He wants to come in in the midst of the mess the midst of the battle yep. that's going on, and there is battles yeah. in every home today. Yeah. And we have to declare the winner, and the winner's got to be Jesus. It's true. And if not, you're going to live in pain. Yeah. And he might come, what he does, to reveal, oh. as you say, Father, he might oh, yeah. rearrange the furniture a little yeah. bit here. And he and... uses bleach, too. <laughs> <laughs> At well, least in my, in my experience. You know, like that. It's like, that hurts. <laughs> She just says, get over it. You let me in. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> See the monologue that takes place? And he wants to heal. Absolutely. Reveal to heal. Yep. Now, do Absolutely. we go through the novena now, start this today? Yes. I mean, for, for those of you who are listening, we really encourage you to consider beginning the Divine Mercy Novena and Chaplet, which begins today. The novena begins today and concludes with the great celebration of Divine Mercy Sunday, How which is a week days? after is a novena. A novena is nine days. Now, Chuck, why? the why? convert, you're going to ask why? 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 Well, and that's a good question because a lot of times we were like, you, know, you guys, you Catholics make this stuff up. It's like, <laughs> we did not make this up. The apostles were in the upper room for nine days of prayer. Nine days of intense prayer between the ascension of our Lord into heaven and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Nine days of intense, fervent prayer. We basically live a nine-day period of intense prayer when we're striving for union with the will of God, when we're striving for sanctification or opening ourselves up to the Lord through like the divine mercy. Maybe you're, maybe there's a special intention in your mind you want to do a novena to the Holy Spirit. There's novenas to Our Lady and all the saints. It's just a nine-day period of prayer that is done because we follow the example of the apostles who knew God had a plan when Jesus ascended to the Father in heaven, but at the same time, he just left him there on the beach. And he's like, okay, go baptize the world, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, see you later. And they're like, what the, what? (laughs) It's like, he left. We know there's this incredible mission, but what's the first step? Where do we go? How do we accomplish this? They spent nine days in prayer with Our Lady. And then there on the ninth day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they knew, they just knew. So it's that period of preparation and period of prayer Beginning today on Good Friday, we've got a nine-day novena 
of prayer, preparing for the Divine Mercy Sunday. And keep in mind, in no way does this overshadow Easter Sunday. No way at all. In fact, you have to, in order to celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday, you have to live Resurrection Sunday. Uh, you have to understand that he comes back victorious over death. He comes back from the grave victorious over death to allow his mercy to descend upon all of humanity. All of humanity. And then wow. basically you could have Easter and then you could, you know, renew your enthronement to the ah, Sacred Heart. Totally, yeah. And then go ahead and start your novena. Yep. And it's all one. It's all yeah. celebrating now the resurrection of our Lord, but now we're going to celebrate yeah. that additional grace, which is mercy. Absolutely. Which is all part of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. Because one of the promises is what the ocean of mercy will yeah, come. exactly. To you. So I think this... There is no difference, no no two hearts. No competition. There's no two hearts, there's one no. heart, yep. and no competition. It and is the one Lord who knows every phase of our humanity, and he wants us to know every dimension of his heart. It is the one Lord, yeah. Amen. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and as a priest, it's just beginning. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you're you're going to have a long day, Father, and you're a long, long night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you doing well? <laughs> well, I mean, like these are exciting times to be alive, and you know, this is one of the things. That, this is one of the great things about our Holy Catholic faith. There is there's a variety of dimensions. There's always a deeper richness to explore with our faith. It's never superficial. It's never one dimensional. It's never boring. And the more you learn, the more you want to keep learning about the faith. And the more you come to know about the Lord, the more you realize there is not one part of you He does not want. He wants the sinful part. He wants the ignorant part. He wants the part that is afraid. He wants the part that, you know, is intimidated. He wants all of who we are for himself. And that's supposed to be, it has to be, it needs to be a consolation for us. The Lord wants us for himself. Beautiful. Thank you, Father. Well, we're going to close in prayer. Are we ready? That we are. Yeah. We're going to. Closing prayer today on this Good Friday, this first Friday of this month uh, here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And we um, wish you a very blessed experience of the Paschal festivities that begin today and go through tomorrow and, of course, conclude with the resurrection of our Lord all through next week. And we close out this hour of the Sacred Art here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew our consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence, and may thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom 
to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.